What's up, strength coaches? Welcome back to another episode of the Cheeky Midweeky. And today we have Matt Nine, the director of strength and conditioning at Salisbury. Matt, keep talking about the excellence that is Salisbury because you were blowing me away with that. Like, talk about the, the, the conferences and how you guys come together. Like, I mean, actually, why don't you start with like how many number ones and national championships y'all have won? Because that's ridiculous. Yeah. So we're, um, again, welcome. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's uh, awesome to be on this on this podcast. But um, yeah. So you know, our, our history here. We're at um, let's see, twenty two national championships. Um, I've I've yeah. been able to participate or been with fourteen uh, team national championships. Dude. I believe eight individual national championships. Um, and so yeah, it's been it's been awesome. It's been an awesome ride here for the past twenty years. Um, twenty years you know, you've been there. I have. Yeah. And Good for you, man, you know, we've, we've you. lost, unfortunately we've lost, I believe 20 uh, games in the, in the, I was counting them the other day, actually, uh, when we in the national championship game for uh, a couple with softball, a couple with baseball, um, men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse and football uh, where we made it to the national championship game, but ended up losing. Um, so where you see, yeah, it's cool to, we won 20 or 22, um, and we were that close and, it, you know, I mean, again, that's what fires you up every day, right? It's like, Hey, you're, you're on the brink of yeah. being, you know, the best team in the, in the country. And Hey, what do we got to do to be a little bit better? But, um, yeah, so we're talking about our conference here where, you know, we're hosting the, the volleyball conference championship today. So it's pretty hectic around the, around this neck of the woods, but, um, yeah, our, our conference, we're in the coast to coast conference where we have teams from all over the country, um, California, Wisconsin, New York, uh, a couple locals here in Virginia um, with us, um, and and part of the issue, you know, where how we've gotten into this. I mean, I guess is, you know, just the, the the dominance of what our conference used to be. I mean, are the teams that are still around from the original conference? Where, you know, I mean, just this past year, Christopher Newport men's and women's basketball, the men's team won the national championship. The women's team lost it. Dude. Our softball program lost the national championship game, bottom of seven tied ball game you know in the best of three we won one they won game two comes down to it right uh baseball is in our baseball is in the world series christopher newport i think was you know in the top 15 um mary wash soccer is one of the top programs in the country right now so i mean it's cool getting to to, to battle against the best um but you know it, when trying to find a conference is difficult because of that status um you know coming in and winning and, um, guys like so, game. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, it makes it challenging. And, and so we were able to find a conference where teams are in different locations across the country. And, um, it's actually kind of cool. Our soccer team got to go out to, you know, uh, UC Santa Cruz for the tournament. And, you know, from a division three standpoint, like how often do you get that opportunity to travel cross country? to play in a conference championship in division three, it's, it's, it's non-existent. So from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, our coaches are really, you know, harping on that. Like what a cool experience. It's one every four years, at least one in four years. Um, if not one, every two years is generally what it is. It's once on the East coast, generally then out to the West coast. Um, and, and again, it's, it's a neat experience, especially for our, our crew because they're literally going from Atlantic ocean here on the, in Salisbury, Maryland, uh, which is like 25 minutes down the road to the Pacific ocean. Yeah. on the exact opposite side of the country. And uh, we actually have signs like as we leave Ocean City, Maryland here that tell you how far away it is, which is kind of neat to, to, to all pull it together. But it's, it is it is fun and it's a neat, neat option. Um, again, it, on our end, the, the, the finances, the cost is what becomes 
the biggest, you know, from a division three standpoint, we don't have the funding that, you know, the, the division ones who are traveling like that, you know, and when you're out there for a, a tournament, you know, they're, they arrived in on a Wednesday. Cause you gotta, you know, you gotta fly there. You're taking 35 guys and you're in on a Wednesday, you play on Thursday. If you win Thursday, you play Friday, you have off Saturday, play Sunday in the championship. If you, if you make it that far. So, I mean, you're talking a fair amount of finances to be able to get out there, but figure out, we, you know, fundraise, we make it happen. Um, but yeah, what a cool experience for everybody. How do you handle the, 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 all the travel and then still doing a really good job in the strength and conditioning side of keeping the athletes fresh and prepared with the craziness of travel? I mean, I think that the biggest thing is, is what we do while they're here, right? The preparation, the, the education, because uh, we don't go with them. So our, my school yeah, performance that, that team kind of can't. alluding to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah because we, we, don't have the, we don't have the staffing to be able to do so. So um, a lot of it is the conversations that we have while we're here from, you know, just throughout the year, because we will have overnight trips and so forth. So can we utilize these overnight trips in terms of what should our rooms look like? What, what, uh, you know, how dark can we get our rooms? What air temperatures, you know, can we, can we set the AC as soon as we get in so that we have good, comfortable, you know, sleeping conditions? Again, they're not ideal, right? You're on the road, you're in a hotel, you know, what can you do to make it as comfortable as possible? So um, some of those are the, are the big things in, that we try to, you know, harp on, uh, making sure that we are reducing stress as much as possible because now we're on the road for four to three or four days with academics, you know, can you get ahead of the game on that? I mean, that's a three week prior conversation to make sure that in three weeks, we're not scrambling and stressed to turn papers in and, and how does that impact our recovery and put us in a, in a bad situation to be able to step on the field of play? Um, you know, I mean, again, we leave it up to our coaches on a nutrition st uh, standpoint while they're out there and hopefully they select great <laughs> choices, but you know, a tight budget, it becomes, it becomes difficult um, on, on, location selections opportunities i mean they know what to what they should and should not uh, be choosing and they do their best but i mean it's it's probably like that in most places when we're not there or something like that they're choosing what's easy um but then again like just the recovery um modalities and so forth we were lucky we were able to fundraise um almost about forty thousand dollars here in the past uh year uh for a recovery room um, nice. so we have, again, one of, I think the best recovery room in division three, um, maybe even uh, upwards of division one, we've got, uh, 16 Norma tech boots, 16 Norma tech hips and eight Norma tech arms and heated reclining seats, um, uh, massage guns, uh, rollers, you name it, bands for our athletes to be able to get in there and, you know, take care of, you know, reduce some of the workloads so we're not going through active recoveries on recovery days all the time you know what else can we do to get in uh, some of the extra pieces um, it's been phenomenal for our athletes to be able to to get in there and use all day every day it's uh, converted racquetball court um, and uh, turf the floor painted the walls uh, we lucked out there was a closing movie theater uh, down in Ocean City that um, police, fire, military, and education could request chairs. So we ended up uh, putting a request in and got uh, 18 uh, heated reclining movie theater seats. And so it's phenomenal. And I mean, it's open uh, all day long. The athletes are in and out all day long. Um, it's great because you get to see them in a different way, you know, not in the weight room, not on the, on the field, you know, cool conversations, you know, just being people. Um, 
which is kind of neat. It's different. <clears throat> That's unbelievable. And talking about people and being different, one of the things that I remember from a conversation with you and Joe was how unbelievably you have the word culture defined in the things that you go through that. I think that's something that all of our listeners need to hear because that word is completely bastardized in sports, not just in the weight room. So if you could, from a high level, just kind of talk about it and then, you know, filter down into the nitty gritty, because you should be unbelievably proud of what you've done and termed and built there with it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think, I think culture is, is one of those words. It, it becomes, um, words on a shirt. Um, you know, I think, I think that to me, that's like the easiest way to picture it in terms of what it's become. Um, but it, it takes a lot more than that. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a process. It takes time. It's a, you know, can, can it be done during lifting sessions? Absolutely. I think a lot of it is, is understanding at the end of the day, what are you trying to accomplish? And if your culture is, isn't, isn't where it needs to be, then, then that's something that has to, start everything off at the end of the day, you know, we always look at it as like, if you don't want to be there as a, an athlete, you're not going to work very hard. Right. And it doesn't matter where it is, right. It doesn't matter if it's on the field. I mean, you've got to want to love it, uh, be excited about it every single day. Um, you don't have to be running around like acting crazy. I mean, right. I mean, again, that's, that's some of that cliche stuff that, that, uh, that I saw on your, on your, on your post. But um, yeah. So, I mean, our, our culture concept is understanding our values first, right? What our vision is, what our mission is as a staff. So we, we, we dive into that. Um, you know, we look at our core values of being attitude, effort, and uh, enthusiasm and energy. Um, and so it's, we want to take that and then push that concept to our athletes. And we th we say attitudes, number one, right? I mean, the attitude that you bring every day has got to be it, as, as best as it can be, right? You may have had a test. There's nothing you can do about it. We talk about staying in the moment. We do activities. You know, uh, we just did the other day with women's across um, a tower of Hanoi, right? It's, it's, a, it's a dumb little game. And you take a 45, 25, 10, five, two and a half, and you got to move it from one box in that step to the third box. And a big plate can't go in a little, and you can only move one at a time. And all of a sudden, we start playing the game, but we're not doing the game with intent, Right. And, and we're not focused with a, a great attitude. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is hard. I can't do this. Right. And it's like so it's a great tool to now, you know, for them was a refresh tool. Right. At this point in where we're using it now is, hey, let's refresh the attitude, the mindset. Yeah, you can't do it yet. But what do we need to do? How do we need to learn? Can we say and focus in the moment and just the most important move, which is your very first one? If you get that right. right and then you get the next one right. And the next it's just like catching the ball and throwing the ball and you know, doing the simple little things, you do that, then the next thing can happen. If you miss the first one, because you're too worried about the second, right, then we've got problems, right? It's just one after the next. But um, so, so again, the attitude, right? Um, and we, when we say the attitude is going to create um, an enthusiasm level, right? Um, again, you don't have to be the hype, you don't have to be running around, acting crazy. Um, again, you're going to have that, right? It's arousal, right? It, it's, it's, there's, there's different levels of, uh, you know, some people are, they need that and then other people don't. And so can, can we as strength coaches adapt to their arousal levels? I mean, we see it, you know, we start our athletes outside of the weight room. So they're, they're they, they are at the door and we can see them and they can see us. And um, the guys in the front, those are our high arousal guys, right? They're, they're, they're ready to go. They're chomping at the bit, right? They're excited, right? When they start coming in, there's a little bit different interaction with them. 
We know our guys in the back, mid to back range are our maybe lower arousal guys who don't want that. Okay. I mean, you know, we, we high five everybody. I mean, some of the things we do will count high fives throughout the session. Um, again, you know, body contacts are huge. It creates, I mean, if you have just walk around and start high fiving people, see what happens to their faces. They'll start smiling, right? There'll still be conversations. There'll be a level of energy that now starts to come into play just because you start high fiving people. Um, and again, when we first started some of this, it was manufactured, but I didn't care um, because if you're poking fun, then we're, we're good. Poke fun at it, please. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, we got teams now, hey, make sure you get your touches in today. I don't even have to say a word. Um, but continuing, right? So again, it, what we're saying is it starts from your values and, and what your vision is for your program. And, you know, again, we're, we're looking at long term, right? So not the four years that they're going to be here, but for the rest of their life. Um, the, the role fitness is going to play in everything that they do from here on out. If they've got a bad experience now, what happens in 10 years, right? Now, think about it, right? Most of our athletes, you know, as us, as parents, I played college baseball, like we're going to coach our kids, right? And, um, you know, I've got a four-year-old and we're, we're playing some, uh, some U6 or yeah, U6 soccer right now. And, you know, some of the stuff that I see out there is from a prep standpoint for, kids is is just awful right and i'm not saying that it's it's what we do with our kids here with our our student athletes here but just developmentally appropriate in terms of you know i mean we're out playing noodle tag running around you know having an absolute blast you got these other guys kids are five years old and they're running like high knee lines and things like that i'm like man like what are we doing like these kids are pliable they don't need any of that let's just go out and have fun and you know, one of the cool things was the uh, parent the other day was like, yeah, my kid, you know, grabbed a pool noodle and started hitting me with it, you know? And so he's like, let's play noodle tag, mom. And it's like, yes, yes, because he's going to associate soccer with noodle tag. Soccer was fun because noodle tag was fun. Okay, cool. I don't care. Right. We've done our job. Um, but yeah, so, so what we're saying is like these kids, these student athletes, they're going to become parents. They're going to coach in some capacity, most likely somewhere along the line they may. And if they don't, they may still be parents. And, but, but so they're going to impact the next generation. So, and even if they don't, they're impacting them, right, as well. And so fitness over the long term has got to be a much bigger factor than what we're doing right now. You got to love to train um, because it's literally, if you don't, it's going to kill you, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, yeah. So, so enjoy it now, enjoy it later. Um, so, so that's our role. And, and part of our, our, and where this came from for me is here at the division three level, nothing's mandatory, right? All out of season training is voluntary. You're right. right? Um, so you cannot, so you don't have to come. Right. And um, so I always looked at it as like, you know what, I want you to come because you're having a blast. You love being around your teammates. You love being around us and you love training. Right. Um, I remember a, a freshman basketball player come in, her first year here, she's like, Matt, I, I absolutely hate the weight room. I said, okay, I'll, okay, like noted, right? We'll put it in the back. Okay, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna get you. She's like, yeah, no. She's like, there's no way. Her junior year comes in in the fall. She's like, Matt, where can I buy one of those shirts? And I said, I got you. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, do you remember that conversation we had your freshman year, like second week of school? She's like, kinda, kinda. I'm like, yeah, you said you didn't like it. And now I got you buying our shirts. Where are we at now? Like, and she's like, yeah, coach, you did like, okay, then, then that, that's what we, you know, and that it's a cool example. Right. And, um, you know, just, I guess 
solidifies what we, what we are doing, right? And so that's got to be first and foremost in the long picture, right, on our end. But then it dives into them, right? And, and what do they want? And what do they want out as a team? And I think a lot of it has to do is how you set it up, right? Um, you know, some of the stuff is difficult that we do, right? Where you're evaluating yourself. What's up, strength coaches? Want to take a quick break from the show to talk to you about our sponsor, Team Builder. Team Builder is your one-stop shop for online training platform needs as a coach. With Team Builder, you're going to be able to program for your athletes, whether they're in person or remote. Using Team Builder, not only will you be able to program for your athletes, but there are special features such as the leaderboard and locking training with wellness questionnaires. With the leaderboard, you can have an exercise performed that day, whether it be a lift, a sprint, or a jump, and scores can be updated in real time and projected on a TV in the training. Wellness questionnaires can be used at the beginning of training, and your athletes will have to fill them out prior to being able to train. This ensures that as a coach, you're being able to collect quality data before the athletes train. So, if you're interested in Team Builder, click the link down below and find out more information let's get back to the show uh looking at your level of commitment um yeah it's tough um you know and then we make it even harder where everybody else evaluates you um so your teammates evaluate you um because but if we just go at it like that and throw that right out there um it could be bad it could be really bad um you know, so going through and understanding where do we want to be? I mean, you always ask the question, how many people, right? Let's say you are, you know, top five team in the country. How many people want to win a national championship? Everybody's hand goes up. How many want to be a conference champion? How many want to compete for an NCAA, NCAA tournament berth? Whatever it is, right? Um, again, it's, it's relative to the team and where they're at, but every hand goes up. Okay, like, so what, what are we willing to do here? You know, how much effort, how much work? What is that even going to look like? So it's got to be defined, right? And so... Because most of the time they don't know, right? They think they know. And mom and dad have been telling them for their life that they're the best in the whole entire world. Yeah. Uh, way better than every, you know, NFL, NBA, you know, MLB player. Um, and so it's, it's kind of bringing that back down is, okay, like, what can we assess, right? If we're not assessing it, like, it's, it's what are we doing, right? And, you know, so, and, and this, is where it, this is where it came out and, and understanding and starting is like the concept of grit. Uh, with Angela Duckworth and doing some some grit surveys, and you know how gritty are you, right? If if I'm being asked as a as in my job as a strength and conditioning professional to improve your your you know your abilities, right? Your strengths, your speeds, your powers, right? Anything else that you want to fall in there, your mobility, and you name it, right? All that encompasses of what our job entails. But you don't want to work hard. Why do I get held accountable for that? Ooh, right? ooh. Okay. I mean it's. But but here's the other thing, like, okay, well, then the question would be, what have you done to improve it? Cool. I can show you our, our progressive plan, just like we would have our progressive plan in the weight room. Hey, what are we doing to impact those levels of grit? Like, what does our competitions look like? You know, how are we involving? How are we doing these things to help push your level of intensity to become better, right? At the end of the day, if you're scoring low on grit, and there's nothing I can do, right? Because at the end of the day, that's a choice you have to make. I can't make it for you. I can impact you. I can influence you. I can inspire you, right? But at the end of the day, you still have to make the choice, right? Um, and your, your teammates can do that too, right? And so that's part of it as well. You know, what, you know, I think one of the, the, the problems that we may see in teams is that they're afraid to say something. They're afraid to say something because of, how it may look or where they may think that impacts them and somebody so-and-so is not going to like me and so forth, but has the environment been created for everybody to be open and aware, right. And be able to discuss that. And 
how is it closed out? You know, I think that's the biggest one. We close it out. It closed out with body contact, right? So if you're going to say something, if I'm going to say something as a coach, you know, it could just be from a, from a squat position, right? Well, you need to sit back more, right? Just a basic cue. I'm going to close it out with a body touch, right? It could just be a quick pat on the back, right? It could be a high five when you're done, right? But we're closing it out saying it's not an attack on you. It's, it's something that I see that could be in better in you to allow you to reach an elite level, right? Now we've set that up, right? We've, We've laid that foundation so you understand that um, by looking at what are above the line and below the line responses within the weight room, right? Within conditioning sessions, running sessions, agility sessions, right? Uh, mobility sessions, uh, recovery sessions, it doesn't matter, right? There is, and, and it's simple things is we just draw a line on a whiteboard in the weight room during your rest break, go write something down. What's an above the line, above the line response, right? Meaning what are, what are great responses here in the weight room? Right. Somebody gives you criticism. What's a great, what's a great response? What's a bad response? Right. Too often we spell out the good, but never the bad. Right. When we give the bad, nobody knows. Right. Because it's never been spelled out before. So let's just spell it all out. Right. How long does it take you to walk over the whiteboard and write one word, two words? Right. We need that recovery time anyway. Right. I mean, we might have it, have it in with a superset, but, uh, you know, I'm working, you know, high intensity loads, you know, upwards of 90 plus percent, <clears throat> I'm going to need uh, time. All right. I'd rather that than then get back in early, right. And then be fatigued and that impact the performance of the lift. So it actually is benefit. It's almost like a, a tri set, right. It's like board, right. Go to the board <laughs> as your, as your exercise. Right. And, um, and then at the end of the session, it's a, a two minute review, right. Let's go through, let's see, Hey, what do we think? What does this mean? You know, who wrote this down? Are you willing to share, you know, or I might see somebody writing down and walk up to him and say, Hey, can you share a little bit more? Right. So maybe somebody's a little bit more quiet. Love this. Right. Can you share this with your teammates? Cause all of a sudden their teammates may see them as quiet. Right. And all of a sudden now it's like, Oh man, Matt th thinks it's a great answer. Right. And I get more confidence as a student, as an athlete. And now I'm speaking in front of my team. Right. That's huge. When they are a freshman, you know, I mean, heck, you might be a key player in a year for us. Ooh. Right. Let's 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 get chatting now because we're going to need that on the field. Right. They're all things that we're going to need. Um, and so, again, that's kind of like where it all starts. And, and then, you know, di diving into what their culture, um, you know, some teams have it, some don't. Right. Getting into like their core values and what their core values entail. Um, and again, our easiest thing, if they don't have them is in four words or less, tell me what it means to be a Salisbury university, you know, basketball player or soccer player, whatever it is, just four words or, or less, right? I mean, if you want to give five, that's okay too. Um, and what ends up happening is let's say we have 30 guys who will respond. We usually have two, a double to triple the amount of words. So 30 guys, we may see upwards of 80 different words, different words, so what that tells me is they have no idea what it even means, right? Right. So that means we're not on the same page. Right? We're not running the same, the same thing. Right? We're there, but it goes back to this tower of annoy. We're there. We're doing the game, but we don't have intent, and right? we don't have intent from our culture. So if we have no intent from our culture, right? And what that, what those values are that we're going to live, that imp that are part of what our culture statement may be, because um, that's how they're going to write the values are part of the culture statement. Right. Um, then we're, we're, we're just playing the game and, and we're not playing with intent. Um, 
we're never going to be at that elite category. You know, we, when we walk into our weight room, we have above the door, it says the edge, right. And um, our, our, our men's lacrosse coach, he's the winningest lacrosse coach in, in uh, all uh, college history. He's got over 600 wins, only coach to, to do so at one institution, um, you know, hall of famer, but he, he talks about this concept called the edge all the time. And the players know it. Everybody knows it. Um, and basically it's, it's what are you going to do outside the normal practice time, three to five. Right. And, and, um, cause that's their normal time of practice. And so it's as simple as that. They're saying, you know what, well, we can take this thing a little bit further. Right. Um, a lot of people are comfortable being average, um, across the board, right. And every, every walk of life, uh, strength conditioning professionals, we're comfortable being average. Some of us, right. Athletes comfortable being average, just doing enough to get by. Right. And, um, Again, but but don't tell me you want to be elite. Don't tell me you want this or that or these other things and give me average effort, right? Average effort equals average results, right? And so the edge is is that point where you got to step off, right? So we're asking our athletes to step off the edge, right? To get uncomfortable, to challenge one another, to push, right? So again, this is that whole setup. <clears throat> like we're setting up this concept of, yes, let's step over the edge. And as soon as we walk in the weight room, we're stepping over, right? That's our symbolism because they're with us during that time, right? So you walk in the room, you're walking over the edge and it's time to fricking go. Um, and, you know, so again, how do we create that? Um, again, you got you to talk it, right? I mean, that's it. You know, if you don't sit down and have those sessions, I mean, Every session thereafter may not be as good, right? Is it worth taking one or two sessions early on, a couple refresher sessions here and there, not the whole session, but part of the session later on to keep influencing those to have better effort, uh, intent and focus throughout every other training session? Absolutely. I'd rather do that than us just kind of half-ass going through a lift and not wanting to be there and you know, motions. And again, that's average, right? I mean, um, you know, and that's part of it. And, and one of the things we're able to see when we do some of our grading is, you know, we grade your commitment level. And um, in, in the commitment level, I mean, you know, it's a one to 10 scale. Um, you know, what's your level of commitment to the weight room, right? You could, you know, you can define what your one through 10 would look like, right? We have it defined. Um, what does it look like? you know, in, in the running piece, what does it look like from a recovery, right? So these are our five pillars, right? <clears throat> our five pillars are lifting, running, recovery, which is our sleep and nutrition, uh, playing the game, and then mental conditioning, right? We're saying these are the five pillars to become elite athlete, right? If you want to be elite, those are the only five things you have to work on. Obviously, you have to be a student, right? But that's not an athlete, right? I mean, that's, we're making that separation. You got to still do that to be an athlete. But once you're an athlete, right, these are the five key factors, Right. Um, if you're scoring above an eight. Right. So we looked at uh, Commitment Continuum by Jeff Jansen, uh, his book. And what he was finding in his research was that you know, those teams that are scoring above 80 percent on their on their uh, scoring system were having better results. Well, that makes sense. You're scoring above average. Right. It comes back to the same simple concept of average effort equals average results. Right. And so if you're coming back and scoring a 73.6 percent as a team, don't tell me you want to be elite, right? And, and so again, it's awareness, putting it right. Everybody knows what a 73.6% is on a paper, on a test. It's a C, that's average, okay? So if you're not where you want to be, right, as, a, as an individual or as a team come the end of the season or middle of the season or wherever it is, not my fault, right? I mean, there's, all we can do is spell it out for you, let you know, right? Here's what it is. 
At the end of the day, you've got to make that decision. My job, again, is to impact, influence, and inspire you um, to make those decisions. Uh, but a lot of times, nobody's ever aware, right? <clears throat> because they, it goes back to that thing. They've always thought, yeah, I work hard. Well, you worked hard for five minutes in a one-hour session. And that's what you remember, right? That hard one sprint that you did, you know, and this, again, this is what drives me nuts as well, right? The, the cliche is like the last one, best one. No, everyone should be the best one, right? Why are we going to wait to the very end and running? Drives me up the freaking wall, right? Um, it's to the point now where I, I love this one with our men's lacrosse team. They're different, right? I mean, they have uh, 13 national champions, uh, championships as a team, uh, vying for number 14 coming here this spring. We're out there, and I remember uh, one player here. Uh, he's a, a senior captain now, uh, great leader, uh, just effort, um, phenomenal. And he he's running. And, again, this guy could just run forever. He's strong. He's powerful. I mean, he brings the whole package. And he, don't, he don't belong here. Um, he's that good, right? And uh, But somehow he's here. He wants to be here, and, and, it's, and it's all in, and we love it. And um, he, he doesn't win the last two races. And he just went crazy and not, not in a bad way. I mean, but he, he, he's like, yo, that's absolute bullshit. He's like, that ain't the SU way. That's not how we do it. Right. If you're here and you're beating me on the last race, I expect you to be beating me on the first race every single time. Let's right? go. And I, and like, I was like, yes, like I didn't have to say it. This is huge. We're making this, this is, this is, this is it again. This is why they're elite is because of their culture is so ingrained that you work your ass off and that's how you get better. You don't hide and then surprise, I'm, I'm the first one at the end, right? Because that is an average mindset. That is not elite. The elite person will win race one and challenge in race two and try their best in three and still work as hard as they can in four. And eventually over training, number two, they're winning, three, they're trying, right? Then three, they're winning, then four, they're winning, right? Because they're getting more fit, right? <laughs> Amazing how that works, right? As opposed to half-assing <laughs> it for the first eight reps before you get to the ninth one that you won. <clears throat> um, and again, it was, it was cool to see, very cool to see, um, you know, but it, again, it drives me up the wall. Like it's, it, it makes no sense. I, I, I want to see the first one great. And then the next one, as great as you can make it. You know, I mean, depending upon what it is that we're, we're doing and we're following our work rest ratios correctly, you know, that make that second one phenomenal too. And then the third, right. Don't, don't wait till the end, man. We ain't got time for that games. The game's already three quarters of the way over and we're losing two nothing. Now, what are we going to do? Right. All because you want it, right. It's a whole mindset attack, man. Let's freaking go from day one, moment one, uh, effort one right away. Taking a quick break from the show to talk to you about our membership site. If you find value from our podcast, you are guaranteed to find more value inside of the Strength Coach Network video library inside the membership. Doesn't matter the level coach you are, you can see all of our 170 plus lectures sorted three different ways. Based on the level of expertise coach you are, aspiring, established, or head, you can sort it by every sport imaginable, and you can sort it by every topic in strength and conditioning. This makes all of the content consumable 
easy for you and for your staff members to be able to deep dive on any topic in strength and conditioning. Click the link down below to try the site out for 24 hours for only $1. Then your membership turns into a monthly membership where the price is less than $30 a month for $29.99, which is less than going out to dinner by yourself. You have access to all of this content. Click the link down below. What I was saying before was you talking about all of that made me think about Dan Gable quote where he talked about how he was disappointed that he never passed out during training, but his daughter did at the end of a 400 and she lost the race, but she ran so hard that she passed out and couldn't sustain the effort and how proud of her he was like hearing that it, it it's a total mind yeah. shift, right? It is. It is. I mean, again, that's where it all starts, right? It's the mindset that you take every day, right? It's it's one of the things that we talk about, you know, do you hit the alarm when you get up, right, in, in the morning? Like, are you delaying greatness or are you actually getting up to to really attack what we're doing, right? And then we talk about the physiology of what's happening when we do go back to sleep and we re, uh, re-enter into our REM cycle and how we can actually wake up more groggy, more tired, more fatigued um, coming out of that five-minute snooze than actually just attacking the day and setting our mindset right and, and going from right from the beginning. <clears throat> for you, you know, you had an un- like all of those teams that you've worked with, like rewind it for me. Like what's the genesis of you and how you got into this field and at Salisbury, like dive into that. Yeah. So, I mean, I started, um, uh, you know, as a college baseball player uh, at Towson and, um, uh, wasn't very good. Um, I, I played, uh, seven years in my first three there. So I redshirted my first year, played none, my second and seven, my third and four came in one outing. And, um, but I loved the game, right? I loved, I loved everything about it. I loved being in the weight room. I loved training and I wanted to play, right? And I knew I could play there. I wouldn't have been there for that long. It would have gotten rid of me and brought somebody else in. And so, um, you know, I worked, you know, and I continue to push and, and continue to train. And all of a sudden I said, well, you know, we have a midweek game. Um, you know, our pitchers got exhausted during the weekend. Uh, Matt, you good? You want to start? I'm like, sure, let's go. <laughs> right. And I take a no hitter into the eighth inning against UMBC and get my first college victory. About a week later, we're stepping off the bus at UNC Chapel Hill. And Coach Gottlieb says, Matt, you got game two today. I said, cool. All right, let's go. I right, threw a complete game, no uh, complete game, four hitter, uh, shutout. First time in about 132 games that they had been shut out. And all of a sudden, I was the number four starter. Right? I threw every game for Sunday in the conference. I went five and two. I got invited to play in the collegiate summer league where I went six and one and was a runner up for the. Uh, I actually lost the game. I lost was the championship game. Uh, gave up like two runs, and we just couldn't score. And it was a, an absolute battle. And uh, their pitcher went seven and zero, and I went six and one. And he won the Cy Young for the league, and um, you know got to play in the All Star game for it. And all of a sudden, then you know our our number one gets drafted by Oakland, and um, uh, ever the other guys were the other two were seniors. And so I come back, I'm the number one. I'm opening day starter, number one. I end up going three and three my senior year. Uh, we joined the the CAA at that that time, so it was a much more complicated. Uh, challenging league. I mean, our, my senior year was uh, Verlander's freshman year at uh, ODU. And so like, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a stud then, you know, as a freshman. Uh, so it was cool. Yeah. We got to play against Justin Verlander back in the day. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, so that's kind of where it started for me. And, 
I was able to see like the role that the things that I had control over, right. Was those five pillars, right. My strength, right. My running, which is my speed, my agility, my conditioning that I need to play the game. Uh, the drill work to go out there and, and be methodical in what I did right when I was on the mound to at the end of it, like, you know, people ask like, like, were you ever nervous going against UNC? It's like, to be honest, I don't even remember the game kind of sucks. Cause it was probably the best game I ever threw. Right. I said, all I do is the only thing I remember was literally, I don't remember warmups. The only thing I remember at the end of the game is I threw my glove into the dugout cause we were leaving. So we shook hands. Right. And so they, they were batting in the bottom of the, of the, of the inning and got three outs and, you know, we get in line to shake hands and I threw my glove in the dugout. Like, that's all I remember. I'm like, I remember that and calling my dad on the phone uh, um, from that day at, at the, after the game. Um, how, that, and there was, there was two um, catchers interferences, like, which never happens ever, let alone have two in one game. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, like, that's all I remember from the game. And, but again, so like, was I ever stressed with, no, I, I think I did everything I could to be in the moment. Right. Um, and that's what we stress to our athletes here is like, have you prepared to be in the moment in which you've been given? If not, pressure is going to be higher. Anxiety is going to be up. The only person that has the ability to reduce that is you, right? Have you done the work necessary to be in the moment, right? Are you strong? Are you powerful? Are you quick? Are you explosive, right? These are all things that you control, right? Meaning either your genetics or have you done the work to get them better, right? The drill work, the skill work right? The film work, uh, your nutrition, have you, have you done any of that, you know, and, and at what level, right? And again, that's where you can set standards. Like what are the standards or the minimum that the team may feel is to be, you know, good enough to reach the level that they want to reach, right? That's a standard is the minimum. And so, okay, let's set them, right? Set your standards. What are they? Um, And again, like that, that's kind of where I came from. And so then I go and you know, I didn't want, I was a phys ed major. I didn't want to teach phys ed, you know, in high school, I didn't enjoy it. So I was like, oh, well, let's, let's see what we can learn in, in grad school. So I came to actually came to Salisbury and got my master's degree in cardiopulmonary physiology <clears throat> and, uh, was thinking about going to med school and, um, it decided that didn't want, didn't want to do that either then. And, um, so I went and interned with, um, the head strength coach for the Baltimore Orioles, Tim Bishop up there in, in, uh, up in, uh, in, uh, on York road there in Timonium and, um, absolutely loved it. And I did some work here with some of our teams when I was in under, when I was in grad school here and absolutely loved it. And, uh, went and worked for the Toronto blue Jays, got a job. I actually left school early. Uh, they told me if you fly back and pass your exams, you can pass class. I left, I think, like eight weeks before school ended and um, said, cool, game on. And, um, you know, I was also one of those guys in grad school. It's like I could care less about. I mean, they were cool people. Right. But I, I didn't care if I ruined the curve. Right. I, I'm in it for me. I'm trying to get as smart as I possibly can to be. Again, it's in the mindset, I think, elite. And, and so. Yeah, I was the guy. I was getting 95s on papers that everybody else was getting Cs on. Um, so they were like, yeah, you're probably going to learn more down there than you will here at this point. So go ahead if you can come back and pass your exams. And so I flew back one day, got back the night before, took the exams the next morning, flew out that night, was back to work the following day. Uh, so I worked with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, great experience down there. Um, still great friends with, with those guys. Um, and then the job opened up here and um, you know, kind of been here since, and I, I've had opportunities to, to leave. And I remember it was like my, I think my third year here. Um, I was offered a, 
minor league coordinator job back in baseball. And, you know, that's the, my dream, you know, to, to work in pro baseball and, and around that. And, you know, I was married <clears throat> at the time and my parents were out here, my wife's parents were out here and, um, you know, my values, right, in terms of family and so forth. And I go down there and I talk with the director and he goes, let me tell you my story. And, you know, wife was a teacher and, you know, first year summer, she was up there with him. And then second year, she was working on a master's. By the end of the third year, they were divorced. I'm like, man, my wife's a teacher. This ain't going, right? Like, I'm not moving on that same path. I don't want to, right? I mean, uh, like, I, that's not why, that's, that's not what it's about, right? The job is not the end all be all. And so as soon as I said, you know, I was like, yeah, I made the hardest decision in my life. I think turning that job down, I said, hey, man, you're going to make this thing. Let's, let's go ahead and it's, it's go time now, right? Let's go get it. Let's make it great. And then about a year or two after that, my director said something that I'll never forget. He said, I never asked you to grow the job, right, to, to grow your, your position and, and so forth in, in terms of sport performance. I said, man, I just, man, you just, you just did something that you shouldn't have done. Like you sparked, you sparked a, a, a deeper fire that who knew even was there, man, when you said that. And so at that point, it was like, man, this is going to be one of the best Division three strength conditioning programs in the country now at this point. Let's freaking go. We, we brought on some phenomenal staff. We've had phenomenal, phenomenal staff in with us, you know, our GAs. We have uh, three graduate assistants that work with us. You know, they're, they're all out of here. I mean, they're landing jobs before they, before they graduate, um, you know, which, which is great. And, um, yeah, you spark something. So I appreciate it. You know, I uh, don't know if that's what he meant to do when he said that, um, but I appreciate him saying it. And uh, it's, been, it's been a phenomenal ride. In 2018, I was, you know, NSCA's College Strength Coach of the Year and um, been able to present all over the world uh, because of it, uh, which was fun. Uh, enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy chatting about it, talking about it. You know, I mean, I think when we were at Joe's wedding, it's probably all we talked about was different strengths, <laughs> concepts. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. It's immersive. Man. It's, it's a fun, fun environment to be in. I mean, you get to, to influence 18 to 22 year old kids every day. I mean, they're not kids, right? Young adults. Um, you get to almost change their, change their world for them um, and how they're going to live for the next, you know, 40 plus years of their life. You talk how much, how much fun is that? It's awesome. No, it's unbelievable. And you talked about staff roles and you talked about how things are going there. Anybody that heard that, they're probably like, okay, cool. I need some insight. Like what has been kind of the keys to your success with that? Well, I think, I think part of it is to be honest is man, I've got so much going on. So I you know, oversee the department. I'm a, uh, an assistant athletic director. Um, and I run, I run the rec center. So I oversee the rec center operations and uh, all of our sports. So I've got, you know, I, I oversee football, men's across, women's across, and field hockey. Um, so the GAs, I mean, one of our GAs right now, I mean, she had the number number one teams in the country. She was in charge of both baseball and softball, right? I mean, yeah, you're in charge of number one teams in the country right now. And, and you know what? I've got full confidence in everything that you're going to do, right? Um, or you wouldn't be here, right? I wouldn't have hired you. Um, and go Go get it, right? Just have fun, enjoy, right? I mean, I'm going to help you learn in the process on the way. I mean, you're 23 years old, you know, like literally. You literally graduated a year ago, and um, now you've got the best of the best that you're responsible for. So, again, there's you're prepared, you know, and when you're not, just come in, like, we'll chat, we'll talk, we'll, we'll, you know, it's it's more in the moment. It's not, I mean, we do have our weekly meetings and things like that, um, but it's 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 in the moment. Let's let's engage. Right. So it's, it's finding that time, which is difficult, um, amongst all the other duties and so forth. But part of their 
great learning process is they get to work with the best of the best. And um, so there's a level of standard that's pretty high when you're coming in. And so if you want to come here and you want to work, you got to understand that, that the expectations are going to be set high. Um, but it's defined. It's broken down, right? I mean, it's, it's not anything that you're guessing on. I mean, you, you understand what our KPIs are, what we're looking for, right? It's, 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 it's systematic uh, because that's the only way we're going to be able to work. And I think some of that too, then the, the other benefits that they get out of that is uh, they each have a responsibility that rotates every semester. Uh, so one semester they're in charge of social media, one semester they're in charge of the intern program development. So, I mean, you're 23 years old and you're in charge of the, the internship program and, you know, I'm going to mentor you through it um, because when you graduate here, that's one thing that as an assistant, you're probably going to do. Yep. And I need you to be able to talk about it in an interview. Yep. Oh. Um, because if you don't, you're not going to get the job. I mean, how are you going to set yourself apart from everyone else who already has done that work? Um, and it, it's a great learning experience for them. And so we work curriculum and designing the curriculum and developing it. I mean, we've had some of them, they kind of put their own spin. They use podcasts, right? I mean, um, let's, let's analyze podcasts and some of the, the technical pieces that are coming in it from leadership components to, you know, strength, speed, uh, podcasts to, you know, some are articles, some are, I mean, the one, one we did was we had Ron McKeefery actually come in. Uh, we read his book. Uh, so his book we were doing every other week was, um, CEO of a strength coach. And then at the end we were, we were able to get Ron to come in and, and talk with us for, for an hour and it was just open Q and a, and it was phenomenal. Um, so, you know, just, they, they're bringing in different ways to, you know, and, and again, like I can't, I don't know it all. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and, and think that I do. And so they've gone and they've done internships and they've been in parts and they know what worked and what, or what they would maybe do differently. Like, cool, let's try it. Let's give it a whirl. Right. I mean, early on in my career, I think that was my biggest holdup was I was the one holding everything up. I was, I was the one saying I needed to do this. I needed to do that. So why did you hire these people then? Let them go. Just let them go. Right. It was probably the hard, again, hard decision, right? But at the end of the day, I think it, we wouldn't be anywhere where we are if we didn't allow them to just go. Um, and I think that I think you see that too often, or you don't see that often enough, where it's like we're, oh, it's my program, and I want to keep a cap on it. Like, man, like uh, you're, there's you're missing something there. Like, there's people that can just let they, you hired them for a reason. Let them go. Um, and it's been phenomenal. And I think that's the key, key pieces you're now implementing. Right. And, and so you're, you're, you're ecstatic, right? You're like, man, I get the number one team in the country. I want to do great. Like I'm reading articles. I'm here. I'm here. I want to make sure that, and again, sometimes they get overwhelmed and say, Oh, babe, that's my job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Take, take this, hit the brakes. Let's back up a little <laughs> bit, man. Like this in the real world. And I think I might be able to do it because of my experience. Mm -hmm. But in your experience, I don't think we can do all these like five different things. And you know, I remember there was one guy, um, we let him go. He was, he was working with soccer and he said, okay, go ahead. You know, it's not going to hurt him, right? It's not going to, let's see. So I got him in. He's like, I, don't even talk to me. Like, that's what he says to me. He's like, don't even talk to me. He's like, I already know. I'm like, you know, I'm going to talk to you, right? He's like, yes. I was like, cool. You figured it out, right? So tell me, what did we figure out, right? So it's not me telling him. It's like you ask, asking the questions. What did you learn, right? What could we have done better? What, you know, what are some of the processes? And he's like, you let me do that, didn't you? I was like, absolutely. I said, you'll never forget it, will you? He's like, nope. 
Never will. I call that brushing against like, the guardrails cool. of I mean, failure. It just last, you know, some things didn't go when you're out on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're out there and like, yeah, it didn't go well. It, the transitions between drill to drill weren't smooth. Um, you know, all those types of things that as an experience, you'll know, like, yeah, that ain't going to work. Um, in experience, you will now learn. <laughs> but every other training session from here on out is going to be tenfold better. Let's learn it early, right? Why, why hide it? You'll never learn. That's absolutely unbelievable. And it's so true. And I think anybody that heard that, like almost go back and listen to it because you said it was hard to do it first, but it got easier mm -hmm. over time. And that's leadership. That's anything. And your staff is thankful to you because they are able to actively speak on it. And that's not something that you see everywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's, uh, again, it's, they're, they're like my full-time assistants, yes. right? They're not graduate assistants. And I think that's part of it too, is, is how we treat them. You know, like you're, you're not a GA, you're, you've come here to, for a job and you know, yeah, you're going to get school in there as well, but you know, we're here to do something. And as long as I spell it out, what I, my expectations are and you know, we should be fine. And, you know, let's have a great environment. Let's, let's chat. Let's not, and I'm not a big fan of like the, you know, midterm evaluation or end of the year evaluation. Taking a quick break from the show to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Hawken Dynamics. Hawken Dynamics builds and designs software and hardware for coaches, athletic trainers, sports scientists, and everybody in the high performance department. Most notably, their use of their force plates with the ease of transportation and ease of use. Not only did I use them when I was at Towson, but I've used them when I've moved back here to Iowa with Tucker at Goldfinch. So check out Hawken Dynamics in the link down below. Now let's get back to the show. Man, every day is an evaluation, right? Like if, if, if I don't like it, I better say it now, not wait two weeks. You know, that doesn't make sense. Like let, let's talk about it now and let's, let's dive in, you know, what could we have done better right now? So, I mean, you're having, you know, post-session breakdowns uh, with, even with your, you know, so again, it's, yeah, we do it with our GAs. I mean, they'll do it with their, the volunteers. I mean, I think that's a, another Ooh. thing that, that helps us out here is I'm not a big intern program guy. So, and part of the reason why, and again, I don't know, I think like in, in every walk of life, right, it doesn't matter what job, elite people think, act, and do differently, right? Um, or they wouldn't be elite, right? They would be average. And so I think challenge people to right, think differently maybe than everybody else. And where everybody else is running an intern program, we run a volunteer program, right? And I want people that are in as freshmen and sophomore because you're not going to be with me for three years. If I can't teach you in three years, then, I, then we're not very good, right? But what happens with an intern? By the time they're really ready to go, they leave. So you're investing all this effort, time, right, into them. And what are you getting in return? Oh, a setter upper, right? A volunteer can do that too, right? I mean, you don't have to have like exceptional knowledge of how to put a cone out, right? It's when there's a white line, you put it on it, right? Like that type of thing. So, but when the, the interns are finally ready to go and be elite and run their teams and and start programming for their teams, the sessions are done. Like I think, you know, you talked about it the other day on a, on a different uh, reel or podcast, or I think it was a podcast it was on. We talked about, yeah, if your athletes are, if your interns are not programming, then get out. Well, yeah. Like, it, it, but what happens is the interns that we have, like they're finally, but they, they never get to implement it. 
You know, they're designing and they're they're learning and they're, they're, they don't get that that full opportunity because that, that they're ready now. You know, and we're we're diving into our last you know three week block here before you know we're done. And um, but now where we take the volunteer, they're learning. They're able to direct apply what they're learning in the classroom because we have an exercise science major here. Directly apply that uh, every day. And so their educational is actually enhanced more because now they're in the moment learning it. And they're learning how to apply the concept of post-activation potentiation that they learned in the classroom and now actually see what does it look like and how does that, how do we apply all those concepts together? And <clears throat> they're actually better off for it, I think, in the long run. But now that's, that's year two, right? You still got another year with us, you know? Um, you know, I mean, the, the Joe, for example, Joe is one of them. He was with us as an, a volunteer, you know, I mean, by the end of their volunteership, they're literally designing full phases for teams, implementing, getting it. I mean, man, like you're ready to go. You're ready for an internship now. Go get your internship and be a lead at it. And when you get there, what ends up happening is the coaches see it and they like it, you know, and we ended up, a guy got hired out of an internship. You know, he volunteered with us for a year and a half and then goes and does his actual internship for school away from us and gets hired full-time coming out of that. No master's degree. Like, cool, man. That's what we want. That's what we want. And so I would rather invest in you. Like, don't, don't say like, I want to invest in people. I want to invest in you, but I got to be able to get my return in because of all the responsibilities that I have. And to be honest, I think it's way better because now the athletes see you for three years. Yes. They don't see you for a semester. Like, hey, where did so-and-so go? Like, which is cool, right? They say, hey, where did so-and-so go? Which means, yeah, they were doing a great job, right? But what happens when so-and-so is back the next semester and the next semester, right? And now they obviously did a great job and they're there and they're impacting more eyes, right? More hands-on. Man, that's so much better. And so, yeah, some schools, they don't have that. They don't have an exercise science program. But be, you'd be surprised at what's out there. People, you know, who, who maybe just love it, uh, who love training. And maybe they're a business major or something like that. And they thought about opening a, you know, a gym and be more on the business side. And you just got to, you know, your resources. And that's one of the things I think here at Division Three is, like, we don't have them. Like, our resources are limited, you know? So we got to be able to find some of those things and, uh, and, and challenge maybe the status quo of way it always was or way it's always been because, um, again, I'm not a, big, not a big fan of that concept. That's unbelievable. Um, I mean, Mike Wade was, uh, he was with you guys and he, he was, you know, um, an intern with us for a summer, but he was the third person on staff. And then he went to Iowa and helped him get a job eventually, you know, working in central Michigan and then now to, uh, in the tactical world. So it's just, it is unbelievable what you've built yeah. there and you did build that giant. How did you, before the giant was built? handle the notion or maybe you still have to deal with it now of like just d3 and i put it in air quotes for anybody that's not watching because clearly the things that you're doing are not what people would associate with division three how do you handle that duality if you will well, i think it goes back to like the mindset you take man i don't care what it is right division one division two II, division three like my job is to deliver elite right um so i need to figure out what that is Right. I mean, I, I could care less what you think or what they think or what anybody thinks about uh, what 
who we are or what we do, right? That that's not my concern, right? Um, you know, we talk about it with our athletes all the time. Like you can only do what you're capable of doing mm. in the environment you're capable of doing it in, right? So go get it, man. Just do it. Do great at where you're at. Continuously learn, grow, get better, right? As soon as you stop, you know, everything's getting worse. And I think that's the mindset that has to be taken is what are we doing better this year than we, you know, not every team won a national championship last year, right? So we got to figure out we got what we got to do better. What, you know, where do we need to go? What are our KPIs? You know, and again, it's challenging the, challenging the pieces, right? And so, okay, what do you have available to you? Well, we have no money. Okay, cool. <laughs> figure it out with no money, right? And somebody say, okay, what are you reading? What are we, you know, can we dive into leadership? Can we dive into commitment, right? And, you know, you start diving into it. It's like, wait a minute here. Why is nobody doing this? Like I'm, I'm still blown away. Like when you talk about analyzing, assessing commitment and commitment scores and how committed you are to being elite and it gives you a score that can tell you where you sit. Why would you not do that? Right. We we're so numbers driven in like, you know, bench and squat and sprint speeds and, you know, miles per hour and, you know, total distance coverage, you name it. We're so data driven, but the one piece that impacts every single one of them is your level of commitment. If you're not committed, every single one of those numbers is probably going to be a lot lower than it should be. Yep. Right. And so that's where it kind of started for us is like, and all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, like our teams that are scoring better in these, again, not everybody scores great, but our teams that are scoring better in these are performing better, you know, and, you know, we saw our early test was with field hockey and early on, and we were scoring like a 68%. This is the number 10, top 10 team in the country every year, right? <laughs> Currently sitting at number six. And, and, and so wait a minute here, man, we're, we're just giving, we're just average, man. We're just giving mediocre right now. And all right, what does it look like? You know, to you say, we're talking about nutrition, right? We're just asking, do you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And I'm getting scores at 75%, meaning that people can't even eat three, three general meals a day, let alone actual talk about macronutrients and things like that in the, in the we're not even there. We can't even eat, yeah. right? So we got to eat first, right? And all of a sudden, I give you this one, um, one individual and, and, you know, she was middle of the road in terms of her test scores and so forth. And all of a sudden she, you know, she does not like to score lower than a hundred percent. So she starts eating and eating to be an athlete, not eating to just stay alive. And um, all of a sudden coach says something, she's like, wow, you've gotten, you've gotten faster. And all of a sudden she was just like lit up and was so ecstatic. It's like, yeah, see what happens when you like just do some little things, like just eat a third time or fourth time in the day so that you, when you go to practice, or you come to the lifting session, you have the fuel to be able to perform at a high level. Fancy how that works. And then all of a sudden, like you got stronger, you got more powerful, which then transferred out onto the field. Um, wow. Crazy how that works. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting, but you know, when you, when you assess it and put it in front of them, like they can't hide from it. And so, you know, to me, like those were the things that we were trying to find. And, you know, eventually you get to the point where you need money, right? I mean, there's only so much that you can do, you know, to where you need to be able to, to do stuff. And I think that's about where we are right now. You know, it's, doesn't mean that we're not trying. I mean, geez, for, for, for a men's lacrosse training session, I've got four different lift groups going at once in one room, meaning that I've got, you know, we're trying to figure out where in, in the years past, we were kind of like just hitting the general in the middle because we don't have the time to get everybody. It's like, you know what? This ain't good enough. Right? We're here to defend a national championship. Now on the women's side, we got it. We're, we're right there. 
right? What can we do? Like, why are you doing the same thing that they're doing? They don't need to be doing that. And I know that, and it's sitting here killing me, right? For the past 15, you know, 19, eight, 19 years that we were doing it like that, right? But when you have those limitations, it's okay, well, what, what can I do? How, what, where can I fit this in to optimize? You know, you've got your fifth years and fourth, you know, your seniors who are two times their body weight on back squat. They're hitting 34 inch verts, right? They're running sub four, two, five, 10, five pro agilities, man. Like as an attackman, we're right where we need to be. You don't need to, to sit in here and, and do tempo decentric work, right? Let, let's get you, you know, what can we impact on that power side, right? Maintaining those components, but then you got your freshmen in here who are, you know, little baby bunnies, you know, like they're, you know, they're when you put them in an eccentric, they're like the, the doe, you know, the, the baby deer who just born their knees, they're wobbling. It's like, you know, they need a high level of eccentric, right? They, they've never done it before. And again, these are our decelerators, right? The areas that are going to impact them in terms of injury risk reduction, right? As well as optimize their performance right now during fall ball. And, um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, again, we'll figure something else out as we go. You know, I mean, this becomes the new norm. Um, what's what's next? I don't know. I mean, eventually, like, money's going to have to come in terms of, you know, what we can create. I mean, we, we're doing things like right now. I mean, we're tracking, you know, part of our volunteers that are out there in our run groups. You know, we're, we're doing uh, small-sided game work right now um, with our lacrosse groups. I mean, you're, you're getting wins and losses, right, and they're scoring. Right. Everything, you know, a simple games like two on two tag, right. Or one-on-one -on -one tag in a confined space where we're doing some conditioning work. Um, yeah. Every time you got tagged, other person got a point, right. At the end of the day on Monday, right. Goes up onto the board. Here's our stats, right. It could be our, you know, thing again, we talked about early on, like measure what you think is, you know, if it's, if it's important, measure it, right. And then post it. Um, don't just hide it because no, nobody's going to see it and then doesn't have as much of an impact. All right. So again, like we may have a, a test, a test set, right. Or a coached watch set. And then we're, we're highlighting that coach watch set. <clears throat> All right. Here's your goal. Last week, you know, you did 275 for four. You can go 280 for four. We can go 270 for five. Right. That's your choice. You, you hit it. That's a PR. It goes down as a PR point. Right. Again, like, you know, where are you? And um, again, we're not asking for a lot that's going to negatively impact your pro the, the program. They're just saying, hey, you know, this is our test set or, you know, coach watch set. And I want to challenge you a little bit here on this one, this one set. And can you get better? And if you did, it's a PR. And then we're seeing how many PRs are we setting in a week as a team? Like, and we'll, we'll define that out. Like, you know, we had 25 team PRs, right? Our goal is 30 team PRs. Okay. You know, let's look back in our sleep, right? Well, you know, our team average of sleep right now is 6.75. Well, you guys are telling me the standard is eight, right? So now I can look and actually say, okay, well, isn't it funny how those guys who are getting their eight to nine hours of sleep are also the same ones who have the most people points? Fancy that. And they're also the ones that are at the top of the scale, Right? When we grade, those are also the ones who are all, all of our All-Americans, right? And we look at it for, for our group of lacrosse last year, every single All-American was in the top 15, every single one of them, right? Well, fancy that. If you want to be an All-American, figure out how to get in the top 15 of the scoring system. Simple as that, right? And all that is is, is taking taking a, a playoff of um, Anson Dorrance's um, competitive cauldron, right, and using that 
It's like, man, like this guy's the winningest coach in, in sport, right? I mean, he's got like 24 national championships yeah. in women's soccer. Why, why don't we do what he does? He know he's figured something out. I mean, he's phenomenal. Like, let's do what he does and let's run that competitive cauldron and let's run it in, in, in our environment. Let's take it to our environment, take it out of the soccer. And I mean, we were doing, you know, shot velocities during on practice days. And, you know, did we see shot velocity increases and, you know, just coming out and doing some little things that excite them, you know, to come out. And we got a guy who's throwing like 106 miles an hour. Um, yeah, just absolute, absolute cannon. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's fun, it's hype and, you know, it, but it's giving us some, some feedback in terms of rotational power, you know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's finding those little things I think is the, is the biggest piece here at it where we are and, and not having the funding to be able to optimize it. But I, again, it starts with that, that I think the mindset is, and you, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Right. And if it's not a, I mean, it's a daily thing, right? It's, it's, what do we, what do we learn today? You know, what do, how do we, do we read an article? Do we watch a video? Right. Do we, do we learn something today? And then taking it and making it your own, you know, not just uh, reiterating what that person did, but okay, cool. I like this. How is that going to work for me? And it may or may not work, and that's okay. Um, and we move on if it didn't, and then we find something new. And but as soon as you stop that, and it's it's your program's done. You, you know, it's just it's average. You talked about being able to travel all around the world, speaking. You know, based off the NSCA stuff. How did you get involved? And why do you think there is such a benefit for coaches to get more involved in the NSCA stuff? Because that's something that you've been vocal about and something that I'm, you know, starting to do more and more of as well, you know, kind of speak to that for, for our coaches that are listeners out there about it. Well, I think it's twofold. Um, and again, one of them is like more selfish, but um, I think from just from a standpoint in terms of when I look at like my staff and so forth, like, you know, you know my job is to help get them out of here, right. Help get them jobs. Right. That's, that's what I look at as kind of one of my roles with them is to help grow them as professionals and help them get jobs. And, and so the presence that you have, right. The communication, the, the interactions, the, you know, the network that is created is huge by participating in, in, you know, with the NSCA. I mean, I'm a, a couple of different subcommittees within the NSCA and, you know, started the special interest group for the game of lacrosse and, I mean, heck, I, you know, just coming out of that for myself, you know, I get to, I am now the NSCA representative for USA lacrosse. Oh, wow. So I represent the NSCA at the governing bodies level. And so we have biannual meetings that I go to US lacrosse headquarters over in Baltimore and we impact what are we doing from a strength conditioning side to help grow the game. And um, so now they're, they're starting to, they, they've hired a few new positions for strength coaches. And so I think it's really going to, you know, have even greater impact now of, of what we're doing. Um, so yeah, you get those opportunities, you know, I mean, how often do you get that opportunity to, yeah, you're working with the governing body of a sport. I mean, how cool. Um, but yeah, so I, you, you know, one of the, it helps your, your, your staff and yourself grow as a professional. Um, but, but I think there's, then there's some other things, right. Some of the, the presence that you then get, right. I mean, being able to speak at, state clinics and regional clinics and national clinics. And part of that too helps grow our program. One of the things that we looked at is saying that everything is, is cyclical and how it moves, right? So if I want good coaches right, and I want good training for our athletes, I need good coaches. 
if I want good coaches, they need to know that they can get a job when they leave here. Yep. The only way that, that people are going to know who Salisbury University is, is if I get out of here and present. Because nobody, how else are they going to know? I've got to get into the, fee, into the field where everybody is, or we're just hidden. And I say, well, who's Salisbury? I don't, I don't know who they are. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know them either, right? I mean, there's plenty of schools I hear, like, man, I didn't even know you were a Division three school, right? Um, and, and they've got a full-time strength coach. And it's like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, so, and then what ends up happening is they get out of here, they get jobs, people see that, and they start directing coaches to us instead of us finding coaches. Now I'm getting referred coaches to me knowing that they're going to be legit because you're not going to risk your your butt on a bad coach. So that means we get better coaches, which means our athletes get better coaching, mm. which means they get better yes. jobs. And it consistently keeps improving yeah. to the point where we are now. And again, we started this with like Mary Beth uh, George um, and Brian Burt, who are, who are some of our two early graduate assistants um, in, our, in our program. Uh, that were not from, well, I, even Mike Zordis. Mike Zordis was our my very first GA um, here. And, um, I mean, he's doing phenomenal work in the in the research setting. And um, from him to, to Mike Hedleski, um, you know, is uh, you know, big in, in, the, in the powerlifting world. And, um, you know, but in the, in the college sector, you know, Brian Bird, and, you know, he's at Central Florida. And Mary Beth George, he's at um, Youngstown State as the director there now. And, um, you know, they, they were the ones who kind of set that, that, that mark and set that very high for us. And, um, you know, they were in, they were bought in and, um, they helped bring in the next best groups. And, um, it's been, you know, great. I mean, the GAs that come in here, I mean, phenomenal, the experiences that they have, I mean, heck, you, you can't beat them when they're, when they're getting in here and, you know, they're ready to rock and roll and ready to go. So, that's kind of how, how, how it's happened and how our approach has been. Um, it just reminded me of our conversation about on the hop and please explain why this is terrible. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. So again, we're talking about the concept of, of, of cliche and, 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 and those types of things. And I, I think a lot of times what people end up doing is they do stuff and they don't know why. And yeah. so I was sitting in a, in a, in a presentation probably about 15 years ago as a strength coach from the Houston dynamo, the MLS. And he comes up with a, 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 a uh, slide and it's a study from 1967. I'm like, that's like two or, or you know, mid 2000s. Come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? And it was the cultural acquisition of learned behaviors amongst rhesus monkeys. And I'm like, now I'm really like, what the, who is this guy? Right. And how did he get this job? And all of a sudden I come out of it. I'm like, holy shit. Right. Like I, I've learned more in this weird study it has literally blown my mind. So kind of what happens with this, this study is they bring a rhesus monkey and they put him into a room uh, with a reward. Right? Anytime he goes out to reward, there's a blast of air that comes and, and denies him from going to that reward. Right? <clears throat> so the next thing they do then is they introduce a new monkey into the room with the original monkey in there. Anytime the new monkey goes at the reward, the blast of air right, would come. We think, right? What would happen is the other monkey would never let him reach it, right? Because the original monkey saw, right, the result. Now, that result could have been just for him only and not the new monkey, but we'll, we'll never know that. He would never let him or her reach that uh, reward. So the next step in the, in, the, in the study, what they did is they took the original monkey out. Question to you is, what do you think the new monkey did? 
Did he go at it or did he not? He probably didn't even think about it. He did not because that was the learned behavior. He was doing things not because he knew. He was just doing because that's the way it's always been. Right? Because, I mean, again, he had no idea, right? And think about it. Like we do, sometimes you'll, you'll see drills that people will do. They don't know why they're doing them. They just do them. Right? Or we say on the hop, like, but why? Like that's at the end of the day, like, is that adding workload to our to our overall session, like, do we really need, or can we recover and walk? Like, you'd be like, men's across. Like, I get it. They love to just work, 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 work. I got to tell them to walk. Like, oh, literally stop. They're not jogging. I get it. Like, your whole life, everybody's told you, you have to jog back. You have to jog here. You got to go there. No, we're literally walking, right? Because you're going to be fatigued, and I need you full effort because we're working on sprint speed right now, not a conditioning effect. Chill out. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, that's what it is because we don't know why we're doing what we're doing. We just do it because that's the way it's always been. And, uh, you know, this study was one of those ones that I, I deliver it to our staff right at the beginning and, and talk about understanding why do you do what you do? Right. I, I teach a, a class on Monday nights and, uh, that's our first lesson. Our first lesson is you know, if, if you're going to put something into a program, you had better be able to explain why you put it in there. Right. And um, one of the cool projects that we have, like our interns, uh, we do have a couple interns here who are, who are they can't really go anywhere else because of their academic schedule. Um, and uh, so one of their projects is they got to watch a session and put a why to it. And to be honest, that was the one project that I had. I've learned more in that project when I was in grad school. Um, I, I remember I had to that was my only that was the class. I think I was like 10 pages in and gotten out of the warm up yet. Right. And, and you literally have to funnel everything funnel. Right. Well, you know, we were we were we were doing a, a ladder warm up. It's like, OK, well, like what's a warm up? Right. Is it general? Is it specific? Like, what are they? And you got to define all that. Right. And then some of the activities that we were doing within the warm up, there was references to running mechanics and ground contact time and things along that line. So all of a sudden it's just like, and I was like, this class was phenomenal, best class I've ever had, and I literally just watched one session, right? It was like that was the whole that was the whole class. I learned more in that class than I did anything else. And so we make our our staff do that, uh, or the interns with, for their for their cumulative project is watch one, define it, break it down um, as deep as you can get it, and um, you know, which is again a challenge. It's like how hard are you going to work? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to be in this profession? Again, if you don't want to be here, I think you had that. You're getting out, right? If you're not in it, right, you got to know, right? And again, for those young professionals, right, this is what it takes, you know? I mean, you're going to have to continuously learn and grow and, and get better because the field is so raw and new right now. It's constantly getting better and growing. Um, but yeah, 1967, culture acquisition of learned behaviors among recent monkeys has been a game changer um, in my life as it relates to strength conditioning and always challenging why. Like I, I, we will never do something because that's the way it's always been or that's what I heard somebody else say. No, I will go and research it first. I will find out before I ever implement it um, because, again, on the hop is just something that it's something that, that people have always said or just always done and I mean, it's, and we become this like cliche driven program and nobody knows why we do what we do.